Hey, sir, police are looking for an American man carrying a red bank bag. He just tore up the embassy and he put two cops in the hospital last night. Get everybody up. Do it now. I want them all activated. All of them at the same time? You heard me. I want born in a body bag by sundown. So Dave, tell me what Jill Gary used to do what he did. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. I tried to talk him out of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's one of those things, you know, you're, you're constantly hearing stories about celebrities doing things. That That's the one that I heard. Yep, I could see it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one that's been watching Gary Busey for the last 30 years does not 100% believe that he did whatever they said he did. I don't even know what he did, and I believe him. It was, it was that mild kind of shady shit that I can see people pulling at the cons where you're what, posing like, pictures and your hands on their ass and uh, he he, yeah. he stuck his head between some girl's boobs and asked if those are real. No, and that's not right. It was a whole bunch and it was like four or five people yeah. that did it just for that one con. So they were like, oh, he was the on The cops a, he was on came a out and said that he asked them to convince them not to press charges. <laughs> He's crazy. He's crazy as shit. I'm not sure at what point he became crazy because it's a motorcycle accident probably. You think that's what it was? Yeah. He had brain damage. That's that probably is what it is too. He did have a really bad accident, like right after point break, I yeah, think. His whole face was like reconstructed. Yeah. Because man I feel like the line from uh from Jackie Brown, your ass used to be beautiful, man. <laughs> if you go back and you watch uh the Buddy Holly story. Watch, go watch the yeah, Buddy Holly great. story, man. It's great. a fucking fantastic movie. He was nominated for an uh, Oscar. He was great in Lethal Weapon, Point Break, all those. Uh, Predator 2, but then, man, then he's on, like, you catching him. I don't know. I think social media did not help him. Maybe he was always like that, but then you get him on video, like, barking for 20 minutes and screaming at random people. Well, they f- I think he was a picture the, of him on the park bench with his pants down. Like from yesterday or two days, like oh, right. after the arrest. Yeah, he's gone full Randy Quaid. Him and Randy Quaid need to do a buddy road trip comedy, Randy but like Quaid. for real. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. So I would watch that. He's. I would totally watch that if it was just. If it was doing like a, like a it's got to be a reality show. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about all their different difficulties they've had. Randy and Gary do America. You know, boom. <laughs> Let the money roll in. He was on the like Celebrity Apprentice too, and I think that's where everyone started to see that he was crazy uh, when he was doing yeah. that show, because on that show people really that's how people knew Cindy Lauper was a little out there and everybody. You don't normally get to see these like Gene Simmons. You don't, and I think he was more. You got to see how cutthroat he was. But I mean, when you get a traumatic injury, do you remember that story? There's a story in history where a railroad worker had a spike. He was blasting rock, and a spike went right through his head. Yeah, I think I took seen, out like, his. In- I think I'd seen X-rays of it. Yeah, and and he lived, like incredible. But he went from being a ma- mild mannered like family man to being a drunken philanderer. Yep. It's gambler. happened uh, to like two stand-up comedians, Roseanne and uh, Roseanne and Sam Kinison were in car accidents, and Sam Kinison's brother wrote a book about him like my brother sam i think it was and he says it was like a light switch he said he was completely different he wasn't fucking funny before that and then he was a wild man crazy man just wanted to do drugs and have sex he's like he was a different person and roseanne was never right after her uh her accident so it's kind of i don't remember her accident i think it was when she was really young like 16 or 17 it was something she's never been right since i've seen yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) or it comes on (laughs) slow i mean it could be that type of case too i don't know 
Uh, so, have you done anything this week besides uh, golfing? Anything uh, interesting? Besides golf. Yeah, see, that's that's. Mm. I'll, I'll ask that. That's really will narrow your life down. <laughs> uh, Maria, when golf is so much of your life. Maria got a new position. Oh, nice. She's still doing what she was doing before, but the, doggy, I love that one. She got a. <laughs> that's even funnier when you're a vet. <laughs> I bet they have a whole bunch of. Oh yeah, yeah. Jokes. They have to have those types of jokes. <laughs> but she's associate professor at UF, at the, and then I think also at the vet school. I want to know people's position on that raw movie that are vets. She probably wouldn't watch it. Uh, but I'm wondering if people around her have seen the movie Raw, which is specifically a vet school and fucked up shit that happens at the uh, because most of the movie it's like I told you it's the movie about cannibals. I can't remember if I told her, but about it, I mean, I think I did. It is like you have to. It's next level. Like I mean, vet, I know exactly what vet students would say about it. They would say no one has any time to. Haze or bully any other people. The hazing was insane. Yeah, like that. You're a professional student by the time you go to vet school. To the the point where I'm looking at it and I'm like, "Do these guys? You already have a bachelor's degree when you get your when you start your vet degree. So you're already a a professional student at that point. And it's so cutthroat. Yeah, you get like in my program, the MBA. If you Mm -hmm. got a C in the first four quarters, yeah, consecutively or something, something like that. You were out. You're a loser. You were, no, you were out <laughs> You're of the out. program. That's that's crazy. And you lost the money that you spent up to that point. So it's like wow. Yeah, it. I mean, that's one of those. Still, it's one of those next level horror movies that I can't recommend to anybody. But it's so friggin' good, Justin. If you listen to me, still waiting for you to see some raw. It makes you. It's just a squirm fest through the yeah. whole thing, and you're like, uh, but you can't look away, and you are fascinated by it. And once it uh, ends, you're like, oh, well, I can't stop thinking of that movie. Speaking of which. I have a few flicks from Paul. Actually, I have nine. That's what I did this last week. Other than tons of like uh, eBay and and, uh, housework and everything like that. I usually will start the day. Every day I'll start the day with a movie. And if there's like a lull in the afternoon, I'll try to find another one. So I watched nine of them. I'm definitely not going to go through all of them. I'll probably stick just to two to three. But I'm going to list the ones and I'll start like I've been doing. I've been starting with my my levels. If you're a first-time listener, is uh, fantastic. Very good, decent. I bet he's got levels he hasn't even and, told us about. No, no, no. I don't. I, it's confusing enough just to keep it at four. So fantastic, very good, decent, and dog shit. Uh, I want to start us, leave us off on a high note, so I'll start in the dog shit. And I'll just there's three. Uh, actually, there's only two movies on my dog shit, which were Better Watch Out. It was like a horror uh, Christmas movie with a couple really bad uh, actors. These kids, the kids just ruined it. It was so bad. The acting, I, I had to like stop it. And then the next day I was like, wow, I put 45 minutes in it. It's only half hour left. I might as well see how it ends. And I was like, ah, still gets on the dog shit. Uh, the night house, another, it was like a classic ghost story that they did nothing good and they didn't end it. Well, I was like, eh. the problem is does all these streaming services are yep. just hungry for content. That's where I'm getting. So all these. they're, they literally there. There wasn't a single person that was disappointed in the movie that was on that production staff because they sold it and they made money. Yeah, and they just turn out crap. Turn for the most crap, part, turn out crap. Watchers too didn't shell out fifteen dollars at the movie theater to see it, so they were like, eh, "Whatever, that's all right. It'll yeah. pass for something." Uh, now the decent ones, the decent ones always pissed me off that were on my list it because been good. because most of them are ones that didn't stick the ending. Uh, it was either the production style, like I've said before, that like the VHS movies were shaky and I just can't deal with it. I can't give that a very good. And uh, Or it, they didn't stick the ending. And there's two movies that didn't stick the ending. One's called St. Maud, which was really good. It was a, like a, a really good 
uh, a young girl who's about to be super famous in the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. I think she's the star of it, but I watched her in this, and she plays like a young nun who is one of those pious, I, I need to whip myself, I need to put nails in my shoe and everything, and we get to see her go down this crazy level and everything, and it just... It just did, didn't stick the ending as well as I hoped it uh, would. Now, the platform, and I had just shown you the trailer for this. This was an amazing concept, and me and my wife watched this, and they blew the ending. I mean, it was like they just hit, movie over. hit credits. Yeah, it was just like movie over, and I was like, no, nah, they're not going to do isn't that. that a, isn't that an ending in, in of itself? It is, Leaving such it is open... when, you, when it's something that you could really wrap your head around and kind of uh, work an ending out. This was one that you needed it. Because I'm a, still wondering if that thing is spinning for Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's a little different. <laughs> I, I don't mind you not knowing if it's a dream or not, if it's like Total Recall or something like that. But, but with that the platform, you could use the, that for any movie. Check though. out this concept. It was really good. People wake up in a prison, and the prison is like a vertical prison. And it's first floor down to at least 200, but it may go way, way past that. You don't know. And what happens is an elevator moves. There's two occupants in this room, and there's a huge hole in the middle of the uh, thing. If you're not careful, you go too close to the center of the room, you're going to fall at least 200 stories down. So be careful at the edge. And we get to see a lot of that in this. But What's crazy is it's all about food, and on the first level, they have this huge platform the size of, like, one of those, like, fancy dining room tables they have, uh, and they fill it with food. Uh, before you go into the prison, a lot of people go in voluntarily for whatever reason, and some people are forced to go in there, so you don't know if you're in with somebody voluntary because they, it's in the near future, so they'll give you, like, degrees to school if you spend two months in there, but the two months are, like, the worst two months of your entire life. So what happens is the platform starts on one with a table filled with food, and then it drops down to a level, and you have two minutes to eat, and then it drops down another two levels. Uh, after two minutes, another level, another level. By the time it gets to, like... We've seen. We, we, we need to we spend the seeing, two minutes taking the food off the table. You can't because if you you have to eat what's there. If you don't, they'll make the room really hot or really cold. They'll either boil you or freeze you until you okay. drop that apple down down All the right. hole. So they already like, So you have two minutes to do it. But people are are gorging themselves and not eat it. If they were just to eat what they were uh, uh, supposed to eat or just allocated that, uh, they would probably be fine. But everyone gorges it. So by the time they get down to like the fiftieth floor, they're like chewing peach pits and shit like that or we when you get down to 170 that's when it gets crazy and people are killing their cellmates just to eat them and stuff this was like oh just it's one of those movies you're watching you're like please stick the ending please stick the ending and then the credits roll and they're like motherfucker so it was too good not to put it uh to put it on dog shit but i mean you know what you should do you should do the movie like that and then do a 10 minute ending and then charge 10, 1095. <laughs> Tack the sucker down the ending. <laughs> you have to, if you want to see the ending, you gotta uh, buy it. You gotta spend 1095. I'll have to do that. That would be a funny, like, YouTube kind of yeah, uh, that's what thing. I'm talking about. But redo endings of famous movies that you thought could have been done better with, like, you and your buddies, and just every week. The new ending for Empire Strikes Back. The new ending for this. That would be What was funny. the video store where they did that? Yeah, Be Kind Rewind. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't... Was it any good? It had a great I concept. That it. also had a great concept, and it fucking... The first 20 minutes were like, this is going to be awesome, and then it sucked after that. So so the four movies that made my very good list, and I'll just list them. Uh, the Hatching, The Wretched, The Cursed, and The Black Phone all were really good. All horror movies. The Hatching was a Finnish movie about a, a, a girl raising an egg and the egg uh, friggin' hatches. Turns into a pterodactyl. Oh, man, it's all craziness. Uh, the Wretched was a great kind of witch 
story, uh, and these are all available, I think, on streaming services. The Cursed was a really good kind of, uh, the moral was don't uh, don't piss off the gypsies. It's for the people that didn't learn from Thinner, <laughs> yeah. not to piss off the gypsies. And it was great. Boyd Hallbrook was in it. It was an awesome movie that kind of reminded me of like Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Really good. Black Phone. Black Phone was really good. I think... Um, I don't know what didn't keep it from the fantastic. I don't think Justin did either. Justin, uh, me and Justin talked about the black phone last week and he had watched three movies and that was the third on his list and he really liked it and he, he thought the ending was good, but it just, it wasn't anything that was like, Oh man, that, that went next level, but the stress was good and I liked it. And only one movie made my fantastic list this week. And much like a lot of movies that make my fantastic list, I don't think a lot of people are going to like them. I think I think 15, 20% of the moviegoers will probably like it. And this one was called You Won't Be Alone. Now, before this, one of the best movies I ever saw about witches was The Witch, the one with Anya Teller-Joy in like the 1600s with her and her family in the, uh, on the edge of the woods. Loved it. Still, it's on top 100 list. I talked about it like three episodes ago. You go back and listen to it. Uh, but man, this is uh, in the running for a, a really great uh, witch story. And someone said a review that was like the best review I had ever seen for it. Uh, and it said, if you like Terrence Malick, you'll love this. Or this is a Terrence Malick uh, horror movie for horror fans. And whenever you hear Terrence Malick, that means it's slow. That's no one ever uses his name unless they want it. It's like Tree, Tree Life is a Terrence Malick film. Badlands was probably the most... I would say action-packed, but Thin Red Line was Terrence Malick. You know? Most of it's just a wide shot yeah, for if, five if minutes. If you don't mind them showing grass blades blowing in the wind for a minute and a half to you to the point where you're looking at everyone around you and being like, I'm uh, sure I, he's... Did this freeze? I guarantee you he's one of those dudes, probably like Deacons, that came from photography. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was a photographer. He was he a spent 20 years uh, doing, or it might even, yeah, I think it was 16, 20 years, something like that. Well, this wasn't him, but it was like very much like him. It was a Macedonian uh, movie, subtitled, but not much subtitles involved anyways, uh, because it's such like a Terrence Malick film, but it's a witch who is being raised in the woods by an elder witch. She's got burn marks all over. It was awesome. It looks like you, you could tell, oh, this bitch was burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she's trying to teach the other girl to do things. Really pretty girl. And uh, she realizes she can make this cut in people's chest. And then if she, uh, uh, she makes a cut in her own chest, she kills an individual and stuffs the wound with some of their flesh and she becomes their body and she can walk around as them. Uh, and she does it through like eight different people through the movie. So you're seeing her progression. And, uh, when she goes into somebody, she's like almost like an adolescent or like even like a toddler when she's trying to figure stuff out, she's watching people laugh and she's trying to replicate it herself. She's watching people eat. Uh, she go, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work well and she has to leave the body and go find another one. And, uh, like one time she got into a body and, uh, it's her husband. The husband's trying to have sex with her. And she, she thinks she's trying to kill her. She doesn't know what sex is. So she just guts him right there and then becomes him. And then he goes around and everything. And eventually she goes into a dude's body where she has sex and she actually uh, has an orgasm. She's like, oh, I get what this is now. So she starts learning from all these things, man. It's, it's so interesting. It's one of those movies you're like, this is so slow, but it's so fascinating just to look at everything and to take it all in. And once you realize what this girl is learning and what she's doing, very good. Definitely check it out. I think it's, I should kind of leave on here what streaming services these are on but uh, to get paid for it yeah just watch that's the app 
pull up the Just Watch app. It's really amazing. It tells you where everything is. Tells you where everything is. It looks like a like a a play button or something. It's like one of those side sideways triangles, and it uh, just says Just Watch. One of the best apps I have. I go on it every day, and I don't know how other people are finding out what streaming pl- platforms have things because you just literally will type in uh, this movie. You won't be alone, and it will pull up. They have a staff of people that no, that. It, w- pull up Hulu so every single day and it's amazing it's one of the my favorite apps because any movie you're going to i mean i guess most people just google it and see where it uh, tells you maybe on google they'll tell you where you can watch this movie for free or something or you try youtube or something like that but yeah definitely check it out so two movies today off our favorites list what is going to be yours the original born identity now you say the original, not the, the very original. First original. Unless you want to talk Richard Matt Chamberlain, Damon, I'm all about it. But no, <laughs> not many people know about that one. The the original original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're uh, you're talking the Matt Damon one. Matt Damon loved it. Saw it in the movie theater with you, and we were both equally as amazed. I think you you knew it was going to be on your top hundred list when we left the theater. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and so mine is going to be the incredible Michael Mann film. I'm gonna pull up the year for this. Uh, the incredible Michael Mann film. I have several of his movies on my list, including Thief. Thief is still one of my favorite uh, Michael Mann movies and like just robbing movies. But this particular week, I'm going to do 1995's Heat. Love Heat. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater. I can't remember though. I may not have. But we'll get to Heat in a little bit. We'll start with some Born Identity. Probably one of the best first opening 10 minutes yeah. uh, of a movie. Uh, the first act, the first half hour, 40 minutes of this movie was so much goddamn fun. Like, I don't see, no matter these what. These were books. What's that? So these were books? These were books. They were all uh, really written by Robert Ludlum. Ludlum, okay. And uh, people love the books. And apparently, if you like the movie, the books are 10 times better, which <laughs> is usually the case. But I've found that most people think that original Born Identity, that book is so fucking good and that they missed a lot on it. And if they missed a lot, shit. Imagine what we could have had because what we had was good. I, I mean this this movie touched on so many different levels. As a, I mean the filmmaking was great. Yeah, Doug Liman. It was written incredibly well. <laughs> Let me pull. A, I'll pull them up because it has a because Doug Liman only did the first one. The other ones were taken over by that guy who did United ninety three. Yeah. Uh, I'll pull him up too. But it's um, I mean it's a spy movie. But the spy doesn't even know what he's capable of. Tony Gilroy did the script, and Tony Gilroy is awesome. Tony Gilroy is the one they bring in to, to beef everything up, but he wrote the script for uh, Michael Clayton, uh, uh, and uh, Rogue One was the one that they came in and had him boost up, but he produced Nightcrawler, a whole bunch of good stuff. But yeah, so they had a good guy on the script. Doug Liman was the uh, the main guy. What was the other guy from the other ones? Paul Greengrass was the other guy. Um, Moby did the score. Moby well, did the score. He did huh? a bunch of. He did the. Tra- he did the main track. John then, Powell did like the main composer, but yeah, I. You're right. Moby had a lot of songs on it, and I think they used a lot of his music just silently. I mean, the music was great. My favorite part of the whole thing is it was in Europe. It was exciting. It, it was really a, was. It was it, across. You were in. You were in Germany one minute. You were. You really whisked had to, over to France the next minute. Up until that point, we had to watch a Bond. Movie. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Because even Mission Impossible hadn't got there yet. Because this was early. What was I think this, this year? changed the game for Bond. 2002. I think this movie and Mission Impossible made Bond have to work harder. It's true. Because... I, or I would even argue that 
Yeah, that this movie made Mission Impossible's later ones even better. Yeah. Because if you look at those mission, those later ones, those first few, I mean, the first one was very Brian De Palma. The second one was very forgettable. The third one's the one who had, uh, I think that's the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman was the guy. Yep. Not until they started having names like Ghost Protocol, mm-hmm. Rogue Nation, yeah, yeah. all those. That's when they started getting next level. But like you said, it's because of those. We're in Europe. We're in Turkey. Or we're in Turkey. We're in Romania. Yeah. We're in all these different places. And that was a Bond formula. Yeah. Obviously. But I also like the idea that this was the perfect... I think it's always perfect when it can be a mystery that's being figured out by your main character and the yeah. viewer at the but same he time. Was a, he was a super spy, but he was also an engineer, like engineered yeah. in a lab. Like all, like, Tell us about the opening. The opening, I think, is probably one of the most interesting things, and it sets up the whole movie. If you're not familiar with what the Bourne identity is. Well, doesn't it open with him on the ship, on the boat? Well, he's in the water. They find him in the water. In East... He find him in the water. They pull him as a like a fishing ship uh, pulls him up because he has one of those water activated yeah, beacons. Beacons, and so he just sits on this Portuguese fishing boat. Well, for, before that, you know, the he's he's out like a light. The doctor, and this is during the opening credit sequence. The doctor has him on the thing, and he's taking his clothes off. Yeah, he pulls that, and thing he's out pulling. Of his he's pulling. Shoulder. He's pulling all bullets out of him. And he's he's stitching him up, but then he pulls out that little uh, infrared kind of thing that when he pushes it, it it shows a number on like the wall, and he doesn't know what it is. And yeah, like you said, he has to spend a month on that boat, but he has no memory of who he is or where he came from. But they know he's a hard worker because they, he, he kind of worked on that Portuguese kind of uh, fishing ship for that month. And he was really smart. Remember, he was studying the the. Um tide charts yep. to see where he went in he realized he, he could speak he, multiple languages yeah, that's true, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that was the cool thing about it it's like when he was sleeping so he he figured out that that number was they dropped him in marseille where, where i've been yeah um the and he realizes that it's a swiss bank account yeah somewhere so he goes to the bank you know he Finds all the passports and realizes he has all these bunch of names. That scene is so good, especially when he goes in. Even before he goes in, and he doesn't realize it. It reminds me of the scene in uh, Robo, oh, not Robocop, uh, Total Recall when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to the hotel and the guy puts his fingerprint on the pad and Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't realize that's how it works and the guy's waiting for him to put that finger on the pad uh, across from it. It was like almost the same scene where Matt Damon shows up and not realizing he has to put his hand on like the screening uh, thing. So this is like a really high-tech kind of yeah, bank yeah. and everything. But yeah, when he goes there, and remember when he first opens that safety deposit box, everything looks on the level. You know, not until he realizes there's a there's a second story yeah. to that thing and he pulls it off and he was like, yeah. holy shit, there's guns. Guns and cash and, and passports. Cash and from like every, every denomination. Yeah. Uh, six or seven passports. He knows that our shit. He he is someone. I mean, as a viewer, we realize, oh, he's a Up spy. to that point, all you hit, remember he was on the bench Yep. Waiting for the bank to open, and the two police officers that came over to him. That happened before the bank. Yeah, he oh, shit. he had gotten in there, but the, he came too early. The bank wasn't open. That's yet. right. So he was sleeping on the bench, and the German cops came and told him, or Swiss cops told him, told him he had to leave. And so, in like two seconds, he like knocks him out and disarms him. Yeah. And he I, he was surprised by what the heck yeah. he just did. Super fast. So man. you kind of had the idea of him going to the bank. All right, this, he's at a higher level. And once the I mean, once those fight scenes started happening, well, 
even before that, I loved Frankie Potente in this. I thought she was good. I think didn't you have a problem with her? Or you you Run, liked her in this movie? But you I liked were happy her. They, I loved her in this movie. But you you were happy they killed her. I off was happy at the beginning they of, killed her off. She, I was happy they killed her off at the beginning of yeah. the second one. So mm-hmm. we're not spoiling anything from this movie. Uh, no, she was great <laughs> in this movie. I good. liked her I liked in uh, Run, Lola, Run. Yeah, Run, Lola, Run was awesome. And I, I feel like I, we need to give that a shout out. I don't think people know about that movie at all. Find Run, Lola, Run. It's a German subtitled movie, but it does not matter. Uh, it is a very, it's a 90 minute pulse pounding kind of. And it has multiple movie. endings. Uh, it's, you're just seeing one scenario played out three different ways. Yeah, and, it was a really cool was, idea. And it had to deal with like a bank robbery and uh, getting money and everything. And it was so much fun. I remember showing everyone that movie. And the music was great at the time. I loved it. So, yeah. And other than that, what the hell has she done? Those are the two movies I think of. I saw something else. She was on something else. I can't remember what it was. It was one of those things where I'm like, holy shit, that's Frankie Padena. Yeah. I haven't seen her in so long. So, yeah. Basically, he that was the he had to escape that one. Uh, Him on the balcony. What was that? That was Tron, like the, he was uh, outside the consulate. He went the into consulate, the consulate, yeah. and they made him wait in the room, and you knew something was up. And they co- saw the camera sort of was picking up. What? What was her name again? Frankie Patente. Yeah, she was trying to renew her visa. Yeah, and she was having trouble renewing her visa, and he could hear that she was having issues, so he sort of was like. I got a gas building and he meets her in the alleyway and said, and knew she had problems. He's like, I'll give you $50,000 yeah. to drive me to Paris. And she's like, I don't want any problems. And cause he hears the police sirens. Yeah. He's like, okay, never mind. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a great way to just kind of get them on the road together, and that's kind of where it starts. But that that initial fight in her his apartment or her apartment was it or not either of their apartments? I think it was connected with him somehow. He found in his paperwork that he used yeah, to live yeah, in an yeah. apartment in France. So when he showed up at the apartment in France, uh, the the director has already showed us, uh, or we've already seen Chris Cooper. That's when yeah, that's, that's what, when the that's, Chris Cooper we were we're missing out on half the. Yeah, ensemble of this movie. The great part about this movie is, so once they tease you with who he thinks he is, you start seeing the other side of it. Yeah, he is a CIA programmed super soldier. Yeah, <laughs> that they need to wrang in, wrangle in. Right, I think even Cooper's Cooper like, "You got a man off the grid." And yeah, I don't remember who his yeah. speech was. But <laughs> very, very. He like is great that. in that role. He's so he good is in that. Role. that is if he just did those roles for the rest of his life still think breach is probably the best thing i've ever breach seen breach was great man a lot of tension in that his, movie his acting in that if you man chris cooper I mean, doesn't do enough man he, i he's he, one of the american, best actors uh, history x adaptation no not american uh, no history. not uh, american uh, beauty. beauty but uh what a crazy character that was but fucking adaptation oh, oh yeah fuck fish <laughs> fuck fish i still I still use that one. Oh, man. I mean, he's I'm never going to dip another toe in that ocean. Yeah. Fish for your entire life. Yeah, fuck fish. He should be as big as uh, any of the big actors right now. Daniel Day-Lewis. It should be Chris Cooper right up there. Gary Busey. He's awesome. Gary Busey. Uh, yeah, he was great. Julia Stiles was great, and she kind of hung yeah. on for the she, series for she, like three. Yeah, she the got first two three. three of them at least. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and then we realized, and Joan Allen didn't show up until the next one. But Brian Cox was in this one. Mm-hmm. Though. Yeah, Brian Cox was in this yeah. one. Later the, in the that, in the that, second one, Joan Allen showed up, and Joan Allen was great. Bondi was her character's name, but I don't remember the the girl, the w- one with the blonde hair. 
Uh, Julie Stiles? No, the older lady. Oh, then that's her. She's not in this one, though. She's in two and three. She I think. takes over. From she takes over from Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper yeah, she was good. There was so much behind the scene yeah. politics with this. I loved her in that. I, I always think of her as that tough bitch that's running the room. One of, it's not in this one, but that favorite scene with Brian Cox takes that analyst guy that, we, that we've seen in the couple one, and the analyst guy's like, the power here is is not right like it used to be and, and Brian Cox is like oh wow that's crazy and he kills him because remember Brian Cox was doing some shady shit was it Brian Cox died in this one you sure that wasn't Albert Finney no Frank, Brian Cox killed the analyst oh yeah the analyst yeah, when, yeah, he, when he was when he was showing him how I think he it had was this a, one was it this one I think that was this one it was because I'm pretty sure Brian Cox didn't live through this I think Albert Finney became like the new Albert okay. Cox guy later on he was the guy who was the head of Treadstone but I mean what just just CIA spies. The f- this is one of the few movies originally that I thought was like they get the fighting right. Yeah, quick. It was a new technique. Shaky, st- shaky cams with quick cuts to hands to yeah. blocks to, and then marry that all together with the right music and the right sound effects. And it was it was really beautiful. It was beautiful. It really was. Uh, this was one of the first times we saw Clive Owen. Clive Owen came in as one of the sleepers at the end. He was like, see what they take from you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so good in that role as just another one of the guys. When he, when Chris uh, Cooper activated all the agents, yeah. and, w- and this is a kind of a th- thread that gets more and more in-depth through the later Bourne movies until like uh, Bourne, the third Bourne movie, The Ultimatum. They could have ended there, but when they came back with uh, the... What's the guy from uh, Hawkeye? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that one too. I liked Born Legacy. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw the last one, the one that was and they just went back Jason to Jason. Born, yeah, right? I, have you seen that? I don't no, think I I've haven't. ever seen that one. I'll have to give it a watch. Uh, it can't be bad. I liked all the other ones. There's no reason yeah. I shouldn't have seen it. I don't know why I didn't. I I think I was. You should pause the cat right now. Yeah, I know. I, but it was one of those things that. You know, once they once they get rid of that main character and come back, it's like watching uh, Never Say Never Again with Sean Connery. I was like, oh, man, we already moved on. <laughs> I was yeah. Jeremy Renner. That's who it was. And I thought Jeremy Renner was going to do a couple of them. All those movies had like that one scene that you were like, holy shit. More to be that drone scene in Legacy when it's when it's coming yeah. for them at the fucking log cabin the, and he's the there the with that other guy. Oh. The, 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 the way they dealt with the pills, because that's one thing yep. they didn't really touch on. They didn't touch the on ones, the pills with the first one. Yeah, they kind of went in. Definitely during them. Ultimatum, they did. Um, Supremacy had the yeah. the car accident with Carl Urban in like the underground thing where it was coming straight towards him. Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. man. Every one of these. I love the scene at the uh, uh, at the farmhouse at the end of this movie, though. I thought it was great with Clive Owen. Great car chase scene with the Mini Cooper. The, the Mini Cooper going Paris. down the stairs. Ridiculous. This, yeah, this it was, was so good. This movie was so the, good. The only reason these sequels worked really well is that the foundation that Green Greengrass really just uh, took what Doug Liman set up, and he was like, "I'm going to do exactly this." He says, "I yeah. might take the action a little bit harder," but it it was a lot of people don't know that Doug Liman didn't do all three of those movies. It seems he, like it's the same, or maybe they don't know that Paul Greengrass didn't do all three of those movies because uh, <coughs> they both did a fantastic it's job. Like it's almost like being a Bond director. It's true. If you you there's a formula. But there are Bond directors. You can that go fuck off up. the grid a little bit and yeah. put your own little spin on it. But when you go from the spy who loves me to Moonraker, you can tell it's a different director. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
a lot of it's the producers too. Back then with the Bond movies, it was like, oh, we want to push it a little bit like this. This is really popular right now. Black exploitation is a really yeah. popular right now. Let's do one that has Bond in with a black exploitation thing, and that one actually worked. But that was the kind of example of how they were just picking on things in pop culture and just plugging them in there and see if it works. Which it, it might work for that year, but five years from now, you're looking back and you're like, and if you're watching that Bond set and you're going through all those Connery movies, and then you're even on board for Live and Let Die, you're like, okay. Inspire Loves Me kind of goes back to the roots, but by the time they hit Moonraker, you're like, oh, they just are going silly as hell now. I was th- as I'm thinking about this movie, I'm like, man, I don't watch enough movies. And then I was like, oh, I remember I watched a movie recently. Ooh. Black Klansman. Oh, uh, for the first time? Again, no. Oh, okay. But it was it. just so as great the second time. It yeah. was so good. I think I said in the last pot, it's my favorite Spike Lee movie. What's uh, his name from that 70s show? Eric? Yeah, Topher. He was great. He was good. And everyone was great. Everybody was good. Uh, but yeah, it was last uh, Even the wife would, had the bomb at the end. And uh, Paul Walker Hauser, okay, the, yeah. the guy, uh, the, the fat guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fat butterball guy yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. And he was in uh, the I, Tonya movie and everything. Uh, and Adam Driver. Adam Driver's killer, man. People are not paying attention on Adam Driver. You need to see that House of Gucci. I liked it. A lot of people gave it shit for a lot. I think some of the accents and some oh, of the acting. I, I loved it. it. I thought it was great. I saw it like three times in the, in like the first week. Uh, it just had that type of like epic Scorsese type arc to it that I that I enjoyed when they tell a story about uh, a fucked up family. So yeah, Black's Klansman was great, man. Uh, yeah, back to Bourne. Uh, it really. I mean, Ludlum had already written those three books, so people who had seen him had been waiting for this they for a while. They they, well, coming. like I said, they came up with the Richard Chamberlain one. I don't think I've ever seen it. I should probably give it a watch. And I like either. Richard Chamberlain. I like him. He's a little over uh, the top sometimes. But. Well, that's because you primarily remember him as Alan Quartermain, probably. But if you go back to like Shogun, I mean, Shogun, he was like a he was a pretty straight or Count of Monte Cristo. He was a pretty straight laced actor. He kind of got all kind of uh, smiley and goofy when when, he, when they got him for Alan Quartermain, which all, I love too. He I went love all Paul Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a podcast the other day where someone was talking to people from uh, from Australia. He's like, is, is Paul Hogan still like a hero over there? And Probably. they were like, uh, you can tell by the way they answered that they're sick of even talking yeah, about that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. He says, that guy in Yahoo serious. We don't talk about it anymore. They, they kind of embarrassed us. <laughs> they did their time. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, Born Identity. It was Yeah, like you said, when we came out of that movie, walking out of the theater, the, that one theater across from Wind Meadows is where we saw it. Because I remember walking out and you were like, that movie was absolutely incredible. That might be one of my favorite movies we've seen in so long. And it, said, it, it was Gunga Galunga. Gunga Gunga. It was so good. I mean, it was one of those movies when you're watching it, you just catch yourself smiling and you're like, holy shit, this movie's good. And I, can't, I, I don't care if I got to piss or not. Just go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved it. All right. Let's go on to some Michael Mann here. Like I said, I've been always a Michael Mann fan. I love that ten times fast. Yeah, I know. Uh, Michael Mann fan. I, I always have a problem with him. Uh, there's one issue I have with him, and it's some of his musical choices. Yeah, he, he'll throw a Tangerine weird, Dream. He'll no, I like Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream's awesome, but those uh, are his guys, right? Uh, he's used him. I, he might have been that. Might have been who did the score in Heat. Uh, no, uh, Thief. To be honest with you. Uh, so I knew Michael Mann from Thief. But Michael Mann has a theme to his movies. Yeah. I he's if you look at Thief and you look at Heat, it's almost like it could be a great sequel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's a master uh master safe cracker and uh, talk Thief about an actor payroll. Oh. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about some actors <laughs> on Heat. And Heat is very well in the, in the news right now, too, because Michael Mann is actually just like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, put out Heat 2 as a book, as a novel. So we'll be able to see if this is, and it deals a lot with, uh, the problem with it is it deals a lot with the Chris character, uh, Val Kilmer, and Val uh-huh. Kilmer's not doing a hell of a lot of movies now for obvious reasons uh, because of his uh, throat and... Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to ever make that into a movie. If they, if they, what if they did a younger version of him and just maybe I don't know if that that might him. be what the book is. That might be what the book is. To be honest with you, because if could, you do a 25 year old, you could can, be, you it, could put a you, it, you could put somebody in that. It would have to be a prequel. No, uh, we're going to spoil some stuff here in Heat, but I mean it doesn't turn out real well for Robert De Niro. So he's if he's not going to be in the second one, what the fuck is that story going to be about? I mean it could be about the Chris character because he's he got away uh, with it and. Uh, was he the only one that got away with it? I think um, so. Yeah the, yeah, the one dude got got whacked in the apartment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely spoiler alert. But this movie is a classic from 95. You should have seen Heat. Uh, if you haven't... It was long, too. Pause the sucker like and uh, watch it. Two Come hours, back to us. 40 minutes or something. One of the best bank robbery scenes. It's almost... Mem- remember, it, it almost seems like it got inspiration from that crazy bank robbery you can watch it on youtube oh the one with the guys one with, with the, the guys in full oh yeah full i, w- um, I remember watching it in your house yeah we watched a documentary you had like a whole complete set of like real life cut type oh, gun yeah, stuff yeah, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh That's that was weird one i would them. never own something like i know that we, now. we must have got it like dirt cheap or maybe i picked or it up someone for gave you, it something me. like that but maybe, that was one of the episodes in it that was really good was, it, yeah and a lot of people in California still remember that. I mean, it happened early in the 90s. And I mean, it went on for like 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah, they were wearing yeah. like head Full to body toe, armor. Head to toe. Almost, they were just taking uh, rounds, walking towards Have you ever seen uh, uh, Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man? The, the guys yeah, yeah, in yeah. those suits wore the same thing. It was like up to their throat all the way down to the floor. It was crazy. And that was one of the first few times I had seen a assault rifle mm. involved in a in a those cops too street level crime. You they, can tell those yeah, cops didn't they know were what un- the fuck they were like doing. Like nowadays, they would have all those weapons oh, in yeah, their yeah. trunk. Yeah, they'll take you out. But yeah, they were way above their thing. So basically, if you're not aware of Heat, we're we're dealing with the dichotomy of like the the best detective against the best yeah. criminal, basically, and it, they're going against the cast. each we're other. We're getting ready to talk about the cast. Yes, let's talk about the cast. So we got Pacino, De Niro. Who? What? <laughs> yeah, I never heard of these guys. Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore. Uh, the, the president, president from, from 24, 24 uh, Dennis Haysburg. Daisy Haysburg. You got uh, Ashley, Ashley Judd, Natalie Portman, really Natalie young. Portman was good. Uh, Diane uh, Verona played his wife in it. Um, who else? Uh, Tone Loke was in it. Who was in it? Machete. The guy that played Machete. That's right. He was, he was the one it. that got it in the, uh, in the apartment. He was also the guy that was the lookout and stuff. Fickner. William Fickner was in it, and Henry Rollins. Oh <laughs> was yeah, in it. it was his bodyguard. Uh, what's and our? Who guy? was the guy that? The old guy that no, his ideas just slick. Come to you. The one that they one that Robin De Niro held back to go and kill him in his hotel room with long stringy hair. Oh yeah, that actor was good. I think he was was he the guy from uh, Tone the Loke? client? Tone, Tone like Loke? I said. Yeah. Oh, you said. Uh, I think the guy you're talking about is the guy from the client that was had to kill the little boy. He okay. was one of the assassins that sent to kill the little boy. Um, I'm trying to think of the other guy. There was one more guy in this. I'm thinking John Voight was in it. And yeah, the guy, uh, Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, who played the guy from Manhunter, another incredible uh, Michael Mann film that's uh, 
probably where he thought of Tom Noonan for, obviously, uh, was Manhunter. They just come to me. Yeah. Like, the he was numbers, great, man. He just came in me. for like one day and just oh, killed and, that uh, scene. Oh, and Dan and Julie's dad. Angelina. Vol- yeah, boy. Yeah. Okay. And, Huge uh, cast. That that's might have been it. That's, that's cast, crazy. Though, and that's but... a, not a oh, West Studi. West Studi was in it. Also, the dad from uh, The Hills Have Eyes, the one they burned. Oh, yeah, uh, he yeah, was yeah. in it. Uh, Buffalo Bill. He, Buffalo he played Bill. Buffalo Bill. Uh, so it was like insane how big this cast was. I had to have seen this in the theater, but for some reason I can't remember it. I remember watching it all the time on VHS because it had the two discs. It had that. It was that double pack, like you'd get with. Uh, with I felt Godfather. so bad for the character that Dennis Habert played. Ah. Oh. God, there's always that's a typical character you see in movies uh, too. And like when it started, we knew how it was going to turn out. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you want to, I mean, it was De Niro was a thief, almost like the score, almost his character from the score. It's like the thief, dude. I mean, if you watch the thief, the only difference is in the in the movie, the thief he was kind of a loner. James Conn was yeah, yeah. a loner. He had one guy that would get him the jobs. He would go in there and do it. He was always afraid of people screwing him over and everything, and rightly so. He ends up getting screwed over uh, at the end of that movie. If you haven't seen Thief in a while, man, check out Thief, especially since Willie James Conn. Uh, uh, yeah, Willie Nelson was in it. Yep. Uh, man, it was so good. Uh, Robert Prowski was the bad guy in it and who got him the jobs. He was really good in it, too. So uh, check that out if you haven't seen it. But it, yeah, it was almost a similar character to him. Robert De Niro led this crew. They were very smart they were very detailed they didn't take chances he has that great speech he's like uh don't have anything in your life that you're not afraid of walking away on two seconds flat yeah. when the cops are coming when the heat's coming around the corner type of thing oh and the, the woman the, 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 the played one that his, played the russian with the with the the uh what was the one with jack black sprawl oh that's diane verona i mentioned okay her. that's you. that's uh pacino's wife yeah, yeah. de niro's love interest was the girl from judging amy i don't know if okay. uh, she was uh really good amy brennigan or mm-hmm. something like that uh yeah that might have been it uh they having three hours i mean it might have been 245 or something but having that long a time really allowed them to do this me and justin had talked recently about how genres need to stick with their with the correct kind of runtime you can't just throw anything in there if you're it's a horror movie Hour and a half, comedy, hour and 80, minutes. 90 minutes. Yep, 90 minutes, hour and 40, maybe tops. Drama, do whatever you need to do. You know, if you want to make it three hours and 45 minutes, make it three hours and 45 minutes. If the story kind of Especially makes it. Especially if way. you're doing a movie about bank robbery, I could so much backstory. I could pick three or four movies right now that should have been three or four hours that they made two and that, you know, they should have yeah. uh, gone longer. So I have no problem with Heat being that kind of length. Especially with what we're watching. And they were able to, like, to really kind of tell you who these characters were mm-hmm. Al Pacino that the scene where uh, Alexander Berkeley plays the guy that uh, that's sleeping with Diane Verona his wife oh, remember yeah. he just comes down yeah. from Diane Verona goes up wasn't he on 24 too yeah 24 he played George yeah uh, he I loved him in uh, it Candy was a Man. 24 reunion yeah uh, who else was in the 24 president oh the president yeah exactly <laughs> I don't think they the were on guy. the set together but uh, <laughs> that guy who played George married the uh, Sarah Clark who's you know the the main girl from 24 on uh, the first season. She worked at CTE with okay. her. Uh, dark hair. Dark hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they got married. Uh, but yeah, so we, we got to see how kind of fucked up Al Pacino's life was. You got to see how De Niro had no life because he, he kind of didn't want any attachments. He, he knew that he was going to have to dip. And the, of course, the one time he makes an attachment... He's, he starts making bad decisions. He should have. He went against his own rules, really, you yeah. know, and that's what kind of brought him down, him going back to that, uh, going. He didn't even, at the end of the movie, he could have just A bank robbery in L.A. in broad daylight. Oh, yeah, let's it's just a, talk that scene. That's, that's, 
the most high risk thing. I love the, a good bank robbery though in movies, man. It, like it's so the, good. The perfect one to me was uh, Usual Suspects when they robbed the when they robbed the armored truck. The armored truck. I mean, it was because, done perfectly because you can. That's off to the side. Yep, you, you can get away in. quick. You get in and get out. That one especially because the cops yeah, were dirty, so the in. cops weren't going to fucking say anything. <laughs> the problem is they had here's well. I, they got gave, given away because they brought heavy our guns. Remember when somebody saw one hanging out from under their coat? Yeah. If they had one in with oh, handguns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. And, and just... You, we used to jump just to that scene, man. And it, I think it was at the very beginning of that second tape. When you put the VHS 2 mm-hmm. tape in it, it goes right into it. They show what every character's like, family members are doing. You can see Dio Verona cooking at home. You get to see... Uh, Ashley Judd playing with Val Kilmer's kid and everything, and then it goes right into it. And it goes into that techno kind of like, or that methodical kind of music, as they're going in there. And it was one of the best. Uh, recently, you really need to watch Dragged Across Concrete with uh, with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson, that the same guy who did uh, uh, Bone Tomahawk and uh, what Brawl, was it? Uh, Brawl on uh, Cell, Cell Block. Block. Dragged Across Concrete may be the best of the three movies, man. And there's an the awesome... The most unaptly named title ever. Yeah, stupid. But it's it's amazing. And I've realized I've realized recently, especially watching a lot of horror movies, to make your name unique enough where you well, can at least remember they, it. There's the so the many, movie before, he dragged someone across concrete. So, that is true. So it's like, it's I'm weird. just going to put the title and everybody's going to say... We're gonna we're gonna see more. There's, there's probably ten people getting dragged across concrete. Uh, and there's some mm. fucked up shit in, in dragged across concrete. Uh, believe me, just like his other movies, he has a couple scenes in there. They're like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. The violence is just a little bit. But they're beyond. like crooked cops that end up being the cops you're rooting for because they're at least not as bad as the other guys. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a really that's what I would be if I was a cop. But it's a three hour movie. I'd be a you crooked would, cop that wasn't as bad. As you would love it. I, I'd have to find. Uh, I can let you borrow it, or I can find if it's on the streaming service because you really should check it out. It's really awesome. Uh, but back to Heat. That that actual thing, the bank robbery, was so good because they got tipped off like just ten minutes too late. And I love when they're going down. Uh, they're driving, and you can hear West Duty say they're already coming out of the bank, and then they had to like book it and get their guns and get in the street and for the next 15 minutes it was just yeah they when they killed the music and it was just the screams and, and gun the loud and, and the gun, loudest gunshots you'd ever heard i remember getting my new sound Tom system Sizemore is a scumbag he uh, like grabs him. he was so good in that movie he, he was, was so good. good he hardly said anything in yeah. the whole movie he was complete i just watched him last night i've been listening to the uh the quentin tarantino pod the video archives which is amazing because him and Roger Avery pick movies you would never in the world expect them to talk about. Like I told you, he talked about Moonraker and uh, Firefox. I was like, who the, where did they get those movies from? I love them. I love that they talk about that. But they recently talked about, damn, I'm not sure what the other one was. But one of them was The Relic. You know, the, the cheesy like monster in the museum with Penelope Ann Miller and Tom Sizemore movie yeah. from like 1992. And I was like, really the relic? And I just ordered it this week. And I was like, man, those, those guys successfully did what uh, they set out to do. I ended up buying it uh, because I was surprised they didn't own it because I usually own any horror movies from the nineties and I'm rewatching it. And I was like, because, um, Quentin said it's the best role he's ever seen Tom Sizemore. Really? And I'm watching it, and I was like, he is quite good in this movie. As I forgot, but I think his completely almost silent role in uh, in Heat. 
And when he got back out of the bank, and I love the elation on his face when he got out of the bank and he got in the car with Dennis Haysbert. Pat's and him he's on the back. Him and on he's the like, back, and he's really happy. They call that don't count your chickens. Oh, uh, don't, yeah. And then when Val Kilmer comes out and he gives a smile, and then right after that smile, he Pulls had seen gun. the reflection of the guys across the street while the car moved. Remember yeah, the box yeah, truck yeah, yeah, moved yeah, 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 yeah. and it's visible? And then he just, he did Buffalo not hesitate. Buffalo gets going oh, he gets down it. the street. Yeah, gets it right and in the like, throat. Like, you don't even, like, that's when it got real for Al Pacino. Yeah, because none of it, we didn't see any of his crew die uh, up no. until then. And that was the first guy that kind of happened to. And then Dennis Haysbert, like, they had this whole, like, mini thing. And it wasn't, didn't uh, detract from the movie at all, but that mini story of how. They lost their driver. Dennis Haysbert. Basically, he was in there. Yeah, Machete was the driver he, originally. Yeah. And he couldn't shake his tail. Yeah, couldn't shake his tail. They said, you need to get to find another driver. And uh, he had run into Dennis Haysbert earlier working at a diner, uh, De Niro. And he's, he comes back to the diner. But we had seen Dennis Haysbert trying to get his life back together. He's on parole. But he's on he's parole. He's got a baby coming. He's, he's, he's got a baby coming. Baby he's got a beautiful or... wife that just wants him to stick with yeah. the program and everything. Mm-hmm. But you could see the harassment he's getting at the oh, diner. half my pay gets kicked back to me. Yeah, if you don't like it. If you don't like it. I'll, I'll, I'll make something you. up and I'll report you and you yeah. go back to jail. <laughs> now. Nasty like, ass. What the fuck? Mm. I think that was uh, Bud uh, Court who yeah. played the uh, mm-hmm. the boss too from uh, Harold Maude, the yep. little kid from Harold Maude. Yeah, yeah. He grew up to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I need to rewatch Heat, man. I haven't watched it in so long. And uh, it, it, if I was gonna, I used to read all the time. But if I was gonna, uh, I'd probably go and read uh, uh, Heat too because I'm very curious. And why wouldn't they make it into a movie? I mean, it makes no sense if they're gonna write that book. And Michael Mann. How old is Michael uh, Mann? He's gotta be old as hell now. Well, he's probably in his 70s. I mean, he's probably not that old, but yeah, I would say he's in the 70s. Uh, I'm not sure what the last Insider maybe was the last movie I saw him do that I really, really enjoyed, but love The Insider. The Insider, is that might be on one of my top 100 lists. Russell Crowe was so good in that. I talked a little bit about last week, but have you seen The Nice Guys? No. With him and Ryan Gosling, they're like, uh, it's a comedy, but it's like uh, Shane Black wrote it and directed it. It's 1977 in Hollywood. They're both private eyes, and uh, the, it's a comedy. So uh, Ryan Gosling's like a fucking moron, and uh, uh, Russell Crowe's not much better and everything. And it's all the antics they get. It. Mom's actually watching it right now. She actually uh, texted me before the pod and said, "I'm watching the Nice Guys. It's hilarious." Because <laughs> I recommend it to her. It just came to Netflix. I, it's been on my radar for a long time. Check it out if you got Netflix. Check out the Nice Guys. Really good. Might end up talking about that one of these days. Um, yeah, for, for my money, it's one of the best. Uh, best bank robbery kind of movies. I mean, other bank robbery movies are probably even more uh, realistic. Dog Day Afternoon is probably the chances for most of them, you know, that it turns out that it's just all shit happens in the wrong way and you get stuck in there. That's a whole kind of genre itself. Can you think of any other bank movies that you really uh, like bank robbery movies? Some What's the World War Two one when they go with the tank, the dirt... That the dirty dozen. Oh, the, the, the uh, Kelly's here when they're going to steal the yeah, gold. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That that would count. They just put that friggin' thing right into the bank, man. Uh, what was? Uh, yeah, tried to cross concrete was a really good one. You definitely got to check that out. What uh, was this? It was a movie that had a scene in it that was from real life where they went through the roof of the bank. Oh, yeah. And they robbed the bank and all the safety deposit box. And then there was something in the safety deposit box that they got. That wasn't Killing Zoe, was it? Nope. Okay, but Killing Zoe was a good one. Killing Zoe was a great one. But this one, it could have been a TV series. Okay. But they went through the roof. They went through the roof into the vault and they cleared out every... 
And then some rich creep, some politician had some like blackmail bullshit in there, and and God, they were trying hard to get it back. It sounds so familiar, but I can't put my finger on what that could be. Because they had the run of the bank for like all night. Quick change. (laughs) Quick change is one of my favorite (laughs) bank robbery movies ever. You forgot him. You forgot your map and our million dollars. Oh my god! I love quick change. Bluffoonie, Bluffoonie. Ah man, that was one of the first movies I saw. I think it was the very first movie I saw when we moved to Port. So many one-liners. Oh, it's so good. What kind of clown are you? (laughs) Crying on the inside, clown. I guess. I mean, you can't go wrong, Bill Murray. But oh man, that was uh, definitely one of the best. Did uh, he get out of that whole Me Too? Like he got Me Too a little bit. I his I think was closer to. To mm-hmm. Chevy, where I think it wasn't a sexual thing. I think he was just an asshole. I think okay. he's just an asshole on the set, and he just he's entitled, and I think he's way too high yeah. when he comes to the set, and he's just. I think he he says things that just makes people uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it was like it wasn't a touching thing. It was more of a Chevy kind okay. of. He's a prick. All right. They just announced they're going to do a community movie too. I'm wondering if they're going to. I can. I can almost guarantee you that I'm going to bring Jeffy back. I bet they kill him at the beginning of the movie and use like and use like a body double or something would be hilarious. <laughs> because I know mo- he drived everyone on that set freaking What's the crazy. Old phrase? Don't forget where you came from. Be sweet, man. Be well, nice. Hell not. You, I, I you're lucky this. to be in the position uh, you're in. And with nowadays, with social media and cameras on everybody's phone and yeah. video on everybody's phone. A lot of these big actors, too. I, I've heard a story recently that uh, all these big actors have trailers, you know. And uh, I heard that Gene Hackman had a trailer, but never went in it. Was always on the set, no matter if he was in a scene or not. He was off to the side of the set sitting there. And a lot of people had heard that story and kind of wanted that kind of attitude where he was like, I'm just going to be involved. I want to be here. I don't want to be off being called like uh, two hours later for the setup. So, and I, wanna, I have a feeling... I want to be called too. How many like, actors are probably on set for 20 minutes and in set mm-hmm. in their trailer for nine hours? Yeah. I, not that he hasn't been shit, shit on enough, but if you ever heard stories about uh, Will Smith's trailer... He brought it, his own bus that was like, like a, a mo- had a recording house. studio. That it, I yeah, it, it was. It's a trailer, but it was one of those ones that expanded out and expanded up, and it was like it was a fucking uh, like million dollar trailer, or two million dollars. That yeah. it could have been a house for for anyone yeah. who is lucky enough to have have one, and uh, that was his. It was really crazy. So yeah, I'm sure a lot I'm, of people have. I, I'm I'm glad I don't know <laughs> a lot of like the inside stuff. I didn't like him before. No, he was an easy one to, uh, to cancel for me. I, I thought he was a prick always. The, there were some roles that he was good for, but... I have many. some empathy for some of these people who have been in the business for so long and don't become assholes, but there's so many people that are in yeah. the business for their entire life and aren't assholes, yeah. so it's possible, you know? You don't have to be a prick. Rick Moranis. Yeah, look at Rick Moranis. But then Rick Moranis, I mean, he, now we have less of those because he left the business, uh, but because there's he enough... couldn't take it. There's enough nice people. If you're a nice person, you have to kind of be an asshole sometimes. Yeah. In that business, it's cutthroat. I, it is cutthroat. You have to tell people no a lot, yeah. like fans. It's like if you were to stop and sign every single autograph, you'd be pretty. Oh yeah, you'd be pretty. Saw a video of uh, it might have been like a month or two ago with uh, Tom Hanks losing it on people. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he, when, someone bumped in his. Somebody wife touched or his wife. Someone yeah. grabbed his wife's arm, and, oh, okay. and he was pissed. And I, they were walking from like it was like airplane to airplane or something okay. like that on the tarmac or something outside, yeah, yeah. and it was at night. And uh, they were getting real aggressive with fucking Rita Wilson and huh. uh, Tom Hanks lost it. And not anyone who watched the video faulted Tom Hanks for losing it. It was like he he did the right thing. He's yeah. lucky he lost it at the right time for the right thing. Yeah. Like don't touch my wife. This is getting crazy. Let's let's knock this off. And I 
it's got to suck to be him, you know, to be a, an uber movie star that's right. To have your everywhere. son go on podcasts and yeah. trash you too. Have you been seeing what his younger son? Oh, no, has he? One of his other sons, not Colin. Oh, oh the crazy one. Yeah, the crazy goes one. Goes on podcasts and he's like, I never had a role model growing up as a father. And, and like, I mean, I get it. I get he's it. His dad was probably gone. Dad was probably gone all the time. Yeah, but well, I, I mean, that's the job. If your dad's in the military and he's gone all the time, you don't hate him any less, I would yeah, imagine. Don't but trash him I, that guy is just He's probably up. one of the nicest dudes in the world. Oh, yeah, Tom I'm sure Hanks. he is. I'm sure he is. This is what everyone says on the set anyways. I, I heard something recently. It was just uh, – it, well, it's not even a major celebrity. It's, he, he's pretty big in the stand-up comedy uh, world, which is Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer says he'll go places all the time and uh, the – the restaurants and stuff will want to comp his meal and he'll beg him. He says, let me pay for it. He says, because I won't want to come here again if I don't pay for it because I've, I don't, I hate that idea that I feel obligated that if I show up that you guys are going to have to comp the meal because you've done it one time. He says, I'll let you comp it now, but the next time, um, he says, not only uh, am I even a huge tip this time, but next time you're going to let me pay. Which yeah, I, I can see that, that being a case because you're like, but you're, you're some... a struggling restaurant. You're like, all right, oh shit, Christopher Walken just came in. No one's going to charge Christopher Walken or whatever it is. But there's some that will demand it. Like, yeah, that's I'm where not it gets, paying that five thousand dollars, man. You guys, I've it's a really a shit I don't business. Hate any of the Kardashians individually, but the idea of them yeah. is so <laughs> shitty. Maybe that's the tagline to end <laughs> on. Just the idea that they exist yeah. and that they buy their kids five hundred thousand dollar handbags well, at six years old, and it's like. I get it. You, Piggybacking you, on top of that too is I just watched that uh, the doc, really great documentary. If anyone wants to check it on Netflix about the Fire Festival, the F Y R E Festival. That's that fake festival that they set up in the uh, the Bahamas that didn't actually happen, and it was a shit show. It was a crazy documentary, but they go into how they got everyone in, involved in it. Is they were paying influencers. They paid, yeah. Uh, what's her name, Kylie Jenner? Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. to tell everybody to how awesome. Out. Was just to put be one a, tweet yeah. out. I can't wait for the fire. I can't wait. Whatever. Ja Rule's going to be there. It's yeah. going to be awesome. It's going to be one big show. And then it sold out, and that's basically how it happened, really. But remember, she said something bad about Instagram once. And Instagram stock lost like fucking three hundred yeah, yeah, million yeah. dollars that day or something. Yeah, yeah. And she had to she had to go back on and say, "No, I still love you, Instagram, even though I had some problems with you." And she says, oh, "That's fucking too late, dude. Then fuck that up. Yeah. No one should have that type of influence and everything." And I uh, I see this at a really minor level. With uh, so I, my one client that I have right now, I manage his YouTube channels yeah. and his merchandise for a sports show. He's an NFL player, former NFL. Yeah, and uh, I tell him sometimes, like, I was like, you got to watch what you do. You got to watch what you say. Oh yeah, he's People sings, are waiting to cancel you. We do a we do a DraftKings as a sponsor of the show, and when they flashed the the gambling is a problem thing yeah. at the end that they have to do arthur sings it and i was like i don't know if you, i think they want you to squeeze that in and get away from it really quick some uh, some advertisers don't mind you having fun with it but some he advertisers has a lot of fun with his stuff yeah he like manscaped is oh, one yeah, of our yeah, big yeah. sponsors yeah, yeah. uh we're doing true classic tees next week i don't know if you've seen that t-shirt they have a lot of funny commercials on youtube where it's a couple of dudes, and the girl makes fun of them because their clothes are, don't fit them right. And these T-shirts are like... Oh, the cut ones? Yeah. They're, it, they're oh, yeah, yeah. Tight what's on what's top. it called? True Classic Tees. All right. It's similar to... The, there's one called Cut, which I think it's a, a different business, but it's a similar thing. It's yeah. just more... So fitted. that's sort of his wheelhouse, because his 
his channel is like 97% males between and eight, like 18 and 36. Weightlifting males probably too. All kinds like, of, yeah. So football guys and all that. So Kids that love Madden too. Man, we're about to get into football season. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yep. I caught the couple uh, preseason games, but preseason games are fucking garbage. I mean, it's, the, it's good for to see. For the hardcore fan, it, it gives you a chance to... Yeah, to, like, to oh, say, I hope we see that running oh, back. Oh, they brought the Kenny season, Pickett yeah. in, who they yeah. got, the Steelers got in the draft. He was the quarterback for, uh, oh, I, I should know this. A lot of times they don't even some play those school guys. in Pennsylvania, and, yeah. and they put him in, and he did great. So everybody was like, oh, this is great. We got a quarterback hunt yeah. now, and we're going to have a competition between. I look forward to it. I, I caught a little bit of, uh, I had, like, some nostalgia the other day, because I forget, like, some years in the past i watched so much baseball remember we had mlb Network oh, and everything I, there was one season i watched a hundred red sox yeah, games i think it was probably the same that's a lot season i was watching that's a lot of games no i wasn't watching that money but i had it in the background a lot on my computer it was like wow, i, I was remember when stuff. it was like 2012 or 13 because 87 is probably one of our biggest years to be honest with you i mean we watched every game there was yeah went to games i mean we went to that fucking red sox game collected the cards i mean 87 was one of the biggest for us i went to two red sox games in 2012 2012 one in boston and one in new york oh and one in, in tampa. tampa and i went to the well we went postseason to that, game in tampa we went to that fourth of july game remember yeah. when uh george bush came on oh, fucking yeah. and wished us a happy fourth of july that was when we had those dream seats well we got that's the, right that's we, right we got the uh scalped out third front. base like 14 rows up yeah it was a guy who just, I think he just uses, he just, he has season tickets and he goes down to the stadium. He must live close by and just sells them up front. And anytime you buy scalp tickets, you're like, oh, is this going to be for real or is this going to be Well, bullshit? I bought scalp tickets in the new Yankee Stadium, like after the game started. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we were even planning on going to the game, except we were in the Bronx and the Red Sox were playing them because we had, well, I think we were going to think about going to the game the next night. Yeah. But we were just down there and some guy, I so what are you get asking for tickets? And he's like, I got some players' wives section for three hundred. And I was like, dude, it's like the top of the first inning, <laughs> yeah, or the bottom of the first inning. And he's like, I said, I'll give you a hundred and twenty-five for both. And he, he's like, no way. He's and then so I walked away, and he's like, oh wait, 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 they really start? And I was like, yeah. So he's like, I gotta call a dude. Yeah. And he's like, we gotta go to do the deal over here because the cops are here. Because he's said, a, he's about to eat these tickets. Yeah. And I say, well, you don't have to do... The cops can be here. You're selling me under face value. It's yeah, not yeah. a crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that. As long as you're not up Yeah, as long as you're not upcharging. So we sat in the player's wife section. Ooh. Where was 15 that? 15 rows up third baseline. They had our own bar. Oh, what? We, I, I, I could reach over <laughs> and get a beer. <laughs> Literally reach over and grab a beer. Remember? That's the, crazy. Like getting concessions at a, at a stadium is the worst oh, yeah. reason for a stadium. Do you see that viral viral video about the guy with the uh, the hot dog? In his beer? Yeah. <laughs> he, he puts a hole in it. He uses it as a straw. Oh, that's crazy. I was like, that's the most insane thing. I, I thought the biggest crime was putting ketchup on a hot dog until I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's Do you remember we used to put pretzel sticks in our frozen lemonade? Oh, yeah. Mr. Good. Nick's. Pretzel rods. Pretzel rods. Yeah, yeah. Like a pretzel yeah, rod yeah, yeah. in our, uh, our slush. I always thought that oh, was weird, but was, I did it. It was good, man. Hell yeah, loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to right. some sports. And I'm looking forward to some movies. Man, there's some good stuff coming out. Let me look at my list here real quick. So me and Justin, uh, uh, if you listen to us regularly, you know Justin's our other guy that we t- uh, that is a part of the show that uh, me and him do. Is that his title? Uh, other guy? The, the other guy? Justin's the other guy. And when Justin's on, you're the other yeah, guy. The, other guy. <laughs> we, the same, I get paid more than him. <laughs> but 
we're going to start these mini pods, I think, when we're going to do a mini 10 to 15 minute review of a movie that's really current. And uh, we're going to talk about it and just... Ferris Bueller's his day off, too. <laughs> yeah, well, if that comes out, we would definitely talk about it. That's it's in the sure. works. Uh, so... I think we're going to do one for The Samaritan. So if everyone, anyone listen to this, if you have Amazon Prime, check out The Samaritan. That's the uh, Stallone superhero movie that's coming out soon because I think me and Justin are going to do a 15, 20-minute review of that before we do our next pod. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that'll be exciting to do. But some of the stuff coming out, uh, there's a lot of TV coming out, but there's some... Uh, the Barbarian movie, that's the uh, the fucked up Airbnb movie with one of the Scar, Scar brothers in it. It's going to be great. Uh, there's a movie called Don't Worry Darling with Florence Poe that's going to come out in the theater. looks great. Smile is a great one. See How They Run. Uh, a lot of good movies in September. A lot of good TV too, man. Uh, the Patient, have you heard of that TV, Joe? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Gleason's son, the one from uh, Ex Machina? Mm-hmm. The redheaded kid mm-hmm. from Ex Machina. It's him. He's a serial killer, and his therapist is Steve Carell. And in the trailer for it, he's talking like almost soprano style. You know how uh, Tony used to talk opposite uh, yeah. the girl from Goodfellas. And so he's telling him his problems, and he's he's a serial killer and everything. And then they pan down, and you realize that he has Steve Carell's leg chained to the desk, and he has kidnapped the whole. It's a series, and the whole series he has him like misery style kidnapped. Just to talk, just to, ta- just with to him. talk to him. I think he leaves. He'll leave the office and go kill people and come back, and Steve Carell will be there to give him therapy for it and everything. And it looks crazy. Steve Carell's trying to escape from it. I love Steve Carell when he's not in a comedic role. Not that I don't think he's funny, but I love him in uh, some dramatic stuff. Well, that Fox Big Catcher. Short was... In Foxcatcher. Yeah. Big Short. Vice. He was great in Vice as Rumsfeld. Uh, he's good, man. Uh, other than that, there's like the... We j- I just watched that Dragon, uh, that uh, new Game of Thrones series, which is great so far. Uh, new Lord of the Rings series is coming out. There's uh, the new Cobra Kai series. The Emmys are coming out. Uh whole bunch of good stuff coming out that blonde movie about uh, uh marilyn, marilyn monroe, monroe the nc7 they're making a big thing about being nc17 it's like what are they going to show <laughs> that they have can't porn for free i know no, yeah no we can go to you porn you know we don't have to watch that but and, and what are they going to show that uh, that's outside the realm of an r-rated movie uh for marilyn monroe i mean i mean she did playboy but i mean what the hell they're just going to show her nude i mean that girl is nude in everything so we knew that she was yeah. probably right for it Except you've watched that trailer for it. Yep. She looks just fucking like her. Not as much as... I heard of the people giving a shit about her accent. Yeah, she can't lose it, man. She's got a lot of people trying to That's get her to funny. lose it, too. I, I feel Why? bad for her because it's... I know she's working hard at trying I to like lose it, but accent. it's so thick uh, that it's hard to lose. But, you know, Marilyn had that throaty type of thing mm-hmm. going on anyways. But almost more than her... Every time I see the trailer, I think this. Uh, Adrian Brody plays Henry Miller in the movie, and you would not know that that's not Henry Miller. Side-by-side photos, it is so crazy. He should be winning an award just for how great he looks as Henry Miller. So I'm wondering if they're going to go into the DiMaggio stuff, all her lovers maybe, because I know she was married to Henry Miller, the playwright, then to Joe DiMaggio, and then to somebody else. And I don't uh, and John something F- with JFK the I don't know in a sat- satanic cult in a bunker somewhere. No, maybe if the NC seventeen is the violence, like are they gonna really show her get murdered here? I, because I don't was there even blood in her murder? Or was no, it just a straight she, up OD? She OD'd. She just OD'd and that that was it, right? She OD'd on the pill someone gave her. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of shit. that she didn't want to take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we got some exciting stuff coming up. We're gonna give you two more uh, movies off our top hundred list next week, but uh, for this week, definitely check out the the born identity and heat you will not be disappointed if you're into these types of action spy uh crime 
kind of movies. These are upper echelon. Most people are not going to give uh, going to shit on these two movies. Uh, but me and Justin will be back next week. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about the Samaritan uh, in a separate pod, and then me and Justin are going to bring two more of ours to the table. But if you want to shoot over to Facebook and give us a, uh, a comment or a like and, or check out the photos that we put up every week, that we'd appreciate that. Or you could give us a like and a comment on our two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes, or shoot us an email, fascinatingfilms at gmail.com. It'd be great. I think we've, we're almost to our five-year mark. You know how I know. How do you know? On Facebook, they have those memories. You know, oh. and I got a memory back. It says five years ago. Today, I posted a picture of the first episode that we recorded. But remember, we had to re-record it like twice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's technically not the day the first one came out, but it was our first attempt was five years ago today at uh, doing it. That's crazy. It's been five years. But we'll, we'll do some anniversary type thing on the actual five-year anniversary of it and everything. But uh, it's pretty exciting. So. Check out episode one. I haven't even checked out episode one in a while. It's it's probably pretty bad. I don't know. I'm going to go backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Go backwards, yeah. Might be good. All right. Till next week. See you. Bye. Vincent. Give me all you got. Vincent. Give me all you got.